0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Catches Jokic. Three quarters up. Shot no
0: good. Heart the rebound. Brunson has it. Nugget's not looking to foul. They're going to let this one play out. What a comfort behind victory for the Knicks. Down 13 in the second half and receiving a standing ovation from the sold out garden. And it was a collective effort. There is Super Nino for Randall time in. Brunson down the stretch with his issue to Switch.
2: Knicks come home from a Western swing and beat the best in the West. You are March Madness? I got your March Madness right here, baby. How you doing? Oh, boy. Three days off. I had forgotten. I had forgotten what this team was capable of doing to me. An adult grown, allegedly human male. Oh, my goodness. This fucking team they don't know when they're what they're not supposed to do. They don't know when they're supposed to quit. They don't know when they're supposed to play the role of the team that oh, you know, Denver's been struggling. Uh sure, they they came back against Detroit in the fourth quarter, but that's Detroit. It's Detroit. It doesn't matter. They need a win to establish that they are back, right? And they're going to get that win, obviously, against the womp womp New York Knicks because the New York Knicks are always the womp womp team. They've been the womp womp team for 20 years, right? We're used to this. We're the, we're, the te- we're the get well team. Whether we're good or whether we're bad, we're the get well team. Not today, motherfuckers. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, it's a big win. It's a big win. Against a team, look, uh, let's get this out of the way right now. I, I I can't say I've watched like every minute of Denver basketball over the, their last five games. I have been checking in on them, though. Um, I watched a good deal of their their game against the Nets. <clears throat> I watched the entire, eh, I think I picked it up in the late third quarter against the, the Pistons because I was like, oh, is this, are they really falling apart? Um, and I think I, I checked in on one other game. Like the Nugget team that you saw today, has not been the Nugget team that they that has been around for the last five games. It's The Nugget team you saw today is the Nugget team that had and still has people asking questions about whether they're going to come out of the West and uh, is first place in the West, even with their losing streak by a mile. And uh, they're the Nugget team that has the MVP, uh, two-time MVP. Maybe he's not going to win it this year. Um, I don't know. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, dude put up 24, 10 and, and eight today on 18 shots. So, you know, a, a decent game from Nikola Jokic. Uh, but they're a they're a gifted offensive squad. 51% from the field, 36% uh, from, from three. Like they're going to do what they do. When they're rolling, you are not going to be able to stop this Denver Nugget team completely. You are only going to be able to slow them down. And that is what the Knicks did today. They slowed them down just enough. They couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't slow them. Talk about it. Forget slowing them down. I don't know when I, I lost track of the streak. I saw MSG put up at one point, the nuggets were 14 to 16 from the field. Um, and then they made at least a couple of baskets, consecutive baskets after that. So there was a stretch of a, at least a quarter where the Knicks just like, they they just stood no shot. But, but again, that is what this Nugget team does to opponents. Um, and the Knicks were not on their A game defensively, God knows, for this entire for this entire um, afternoon. But they got there. They eventually got there. And for, we're going to talk about a lot. There's a lot of components to today's win. And we're going to talk about all of them. But I think the thing that I'm most impressed with, I think, as I sit my... It's it's only a couple of days after St. Paddy's Day, so I think I could still have a Guinness, right? Not that it's ever stopped me before. Um, I think the thing that impressed me much was that they dialed it up on the defensive end against a team that, again, you really, you can't really stop them. And t- look, did the Nuggets miss some threes that they might have otherwise made? Sure. But again, I'm not going to sit here feeling bad about that win when they shot 36% from downtown and we shot 28% from downtown. We were outshot from long range. So it's not like we won the game that way. Um I thought the refs were were pretty even sided. Um the Knicks went and they won that game. And they won that game because they have assembled a collection of players who no, they don't they don't have an MVP. Um I think Julius is going to wind up making all NBA. I think Brunson's going to have a little bit of tougher road, but like you know they don't have one of the guys that is thought of as those guys, one of those guys. But this has been the theme of really the last month. And, and really it's been going on longer than that, but it's been at least, a, it's been at least since the Josh Hart trade, right? They have a collection of players who fit so well together and know ex- we, this we've said before, they know exactly what their roles are. And more often than not, they execute their roles. And there's two two guys that I want to start out by shouting out, and for different reasons, but also kind of for similar reasons. And I don't know if either of these guys will be in the running for player of the game, um, or one of my three stars of the game. I one of them might get one of the stars, but R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, and I my newsletter yesterday had some very unflattering stats about how this team does when RJ Barrett is on the floor and specifically how much better everyone seems to do when RJ Barrett is not on the floor. And we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for RJ to turn the glimpses into something more consistent. Was this RJ's best game? Was it, was it a perfect game? No. Um, Even when he was going through the stretch that I'm about to refer to in the third quarter, he, Completely missed a help assignment with uh, you know, and granted, Grimes shouldn't have given up baseline too. I think I forget who the driver was, it might have been Murray, but whatever. RJ missed a help assignment, you know. Early on, he had some not so great moments in the first half. But that's the version of RJ Barrett. I think that could be the third best player on a championship team that we saw when this team was dead in the water and had nothing going, and they just and look, this is this is this Knicks team. Because even though, yes, they have the fifth best offense in the league, whoop de doo they will always get into these stretches every game. You could, you could, it's like clockwork where they're just like, oh my God, where's the next basket going to come from? And someone needs to pull them out of that. And today it was RJ Barrett. And that's what he does when he's going right. And he did it today. And I want to shout out him and the other guy. Um, and we should say Barrett finished hell of a stat line. 21 points on 13 shots. Um Make some threes, RJ. It's the last thing. Make some threes, please. The defense. I thought the defense was pretty good today. Make some threes. The other guy is Mitchell Robinson. I have not really engaged with the discussion about the Snapchat or what Snap IG, whatever. One of you could all laugh at the old man now. The thing that he said, the words on, um, because it's Mitch, and we know who Mitch is. And Mitch just says things sometimes and like whether he was trolling or not. And I guess his apology would lead you to believe that he was not trolling. um, I don't ever take him too seriously because like that's who he is, which is why, again, I wasn't really paying too much attention to it. But actions have always spoken louder than words to me, as they should to everybody. Uh, And Mitchell Robinson came out today and was good. He was good he was unselfish almost to a fault once or twice, but like he showed you, I think in the first half for sure. And like in the beginning of the second half that he's going to be the good soldier and he's going to do what is asked of him. And at the same time, I felt like the way he was guarding Jokic, I was like, there was a moment when Jokic came back into the game in the fourth quarter where like Mitch played him technically sound like, you know, Jokic, like, backed him up, backed him up, backed him up. Mitch was good position, the whole thing. Got an arm up to contest, and Jokic, like, made the shot. And I said to myself, I'm like, that's not that's not going to be good enough. Because you're not dealing with a great player. You're not dealing with an all-star. You're not dealing with an all-NBA guy. You're dealing with the MV freaking P. And then Mitch upped his game, and I thought made arguably – the two biggest plays of the game. And it was the plays that got, and actually I believe this was at the, at the end of the third quarter. I apologize. So this was when, um, yeah, it was, it was it absolutely. It was at the end of the third, uh, when Mitch was defending Jokic before Jokic went out and he had a block and then he had a poke, he poked the ball away from Jokic and it led to, uh, what was it? Emmanuel quickly three. That, uh, was a massive three in the game. And then they would, would go on to to tie the game a couple of, or wedding one possession later when um, Josh Hart did Josh Hart things. We're going to get to Josh Hart in a second. But I thought Mitchell Robinson's defense and then he had a steal late, um, which led to the Brunson basket, 110-108. So I thought Mitchell Robinson elevated his defense to a new level today. And I thought that that was just so impressive after what he has been through uh, or not what he's been through, but like, you know, the last few days. After those two, I mean, Pick your, pick your storyline. You want to talk about Jalen Brunson coming out and absolutely lighting a frame flamethrower to the, uh, the garden in the first quarter, the most important storyline of this game with all due respect to the result and who they beat and the whole thing. Uh, Jalen Brunson seems healthy. I mean, for the Knicks, for a Knicks team that has very real aspirations going down the stretch of the season, Jalen Brunson, I, I listened to his interview with Rebecca Harlow after the game seems healthy. That's the most important thing, but to come out, see him take over the game to start set the tone, even though they couldn't maintain the tone because they got a little sloppy and uh, forgot how to play any semblance of defense. That was great to see. And then of course, Jalen Brunson's going to make big, big time. Jalen Brunson plays down the stretch of the game. So good job by him. Um, <clears throat> I know who I want to finish with, so I'm going to save him till last. I thought Randall played a good game. It wasn't a great Randall game, but he played. Within himself, I thought he executed his role pretty well. Was he part of the issue with some of those, some of the maybe defensive um, miscues? He's always going to be. Um, he wasn't the only one, though. But I thought offensively for sure and defensively late, uh, Randall did his job. Fine, fine. Randall game. Uh, Quentin Grimes, three or five from deep. All three of them felt really big in the moment. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein I thought was the better of the two centers yet again in the first half for sure. Second half, obviously Mitch made a little bit closer, but I thought Hartenstein played a fantastic game. The uh, heart to heart. um, I forget if it was a lob or what it was, but like the heart to heart, um, the no look uh, to, to give the Knicks 94 points when they were really making that push in the early fourth quarter, when you, when you felt like, okay, we got to, we got to get ahead by a, a good cushion because that dude's coming back in the game and it's, it's, it's going to be tight. Um, so great game. uh quickly didn't have the shot tonight. He was only one of seven from three, but like still doing Emmanuel quickly things. The one three hit of course was the massive step back three, which uh, tied the game. So leave it to him to, um, to, I think tie the game or maybe give them uh, extend the lead. I think it was to extend the lead. I apologize there um big shot there and and he plays well defensively always saving the best for last <clears throat> josh hart you know i have a i have a frequent newsletter commenter i think is i think he goes by dbn123 i don't even really i don't even know his real name and he's an old old head Re- watched the championship teams so he's at least i don't know i would assume i've never asked him his age but i, I think he's certainly over 60. And it was, I think, after the first, but literally the first Josh Hart game, I think it was the Utah game. He wrote, wrote a comment and he was like, this reminds me of the debusher trade. And I, I appreciated, he, he laid out like a whole bunch of details and I appreciated it enough that I wrote a whole newsletter, even though the whole while, and I, I alluded to as much when I wrote about it, I was like, look, Dave the Busher's one of the 75 greatest players ever. <laughs> and um made this team unstoppable after he arrived. And he is, you know, he was all defense first team every year that they gave out the award while he was in the league. I mean, he got MVP votes. I mean, Dave the Bushers, yeah, he was one of the greats. Josh Hart is not Dave the Busher. But you watch this team and you watch what he does and his fearlessness and his sense of the moment. Like how many times in the first half did there were a couple moments where you're like, come on, Josh, maybe put up the shot there. Maybe put up the shot there. There was one moment. I think he was under the basket. I didn't, I mean, Jokic was nearby, but I didn't think Jokic was in any position to block him and he passed out to three and then they missed it. I was like, come on, Josh. But yet when it came time to hit the big three, Guess who hits it and gets who makes it. That's not what makes him special. What makes him special is the just innumerable things that he does that are just winning plays. He is the guy that if you are the opposing team, you just don't want to see him or you just hope he's having an off night or something or whatever. Um, And here he goes. Someone's criticizing Chauncey Billups on Twitter. Um, oh, wait, No, sorry. Someone's giving a praise to uh, Chauncey Billups, the Blazers coach on Twitter. And here's Josh Hart chiming in. I'll run through a wall for Chauncey. He's a hell of a coach and we'll keep getting better. Like, he's just a professional. He's a professional. He's a great guy. He's a guy you want in your locker room to say nothing of that you want him on the floor. And like, I just got tired. Like, I was keeping notes during the game, heart to heart. No, look, uh, heart or before that, it was the heart three and then, um, there was a, a, a after the, the next possession, he got fouled and he made two free throws. And then there was a heart pick six. And then there was a heart steal, which led to two free throws. It's just like the game's on the line. It's hanging in the balance. Our hearts are 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 in our throats here. And Josh Hart comes in and for like five out of seven possessions just makes absolutely game changing game outcome deciding plays. I great job Leon Rose trading for that dude for what is going to amount to I don't know the 22nd or 23rd or 24th or whatever it's going to be a pick on the draft. Um and he's worth whatever they're going to pay him. Um whether, you know, I I imagine they're going to extend him this summer, but so yeah, uh just an amazing win, amazing team. They're just so much fun right now. I hope they can keep it going. This this win to get this one and I was like watching in the fourth quarter and like they had made the comeback. So the last thing I'll say, and then we'll get to uh personal injury report and moments of the game. Um, I was watching the fourth quarter and they like, they made the comeback, right? They made the comeback and then Denver came back and Denver took the lead. And I was like, man, I really want this one. But I thought in the back of my head, like, okay, if they don't get it, Brunson's back, you know, it This is, again, as I was alluding to to start this thing, This just Denver's, you know, kind of comeback game. Denver's still a great team. And I was like, okay, whatever. It's all right. Winning this game. Man, watch out for the Knicks. That's all I got to say. Watch out for the Knicks.
1: What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You've got New Year's goals and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how easy, fun, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. With fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 50 15 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with béarnaise sauce, or southwest pork and bean burritos. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm not the greatest when it comes to cooking. Thankfully, I've found a life partner that loves her time in the kitchen and loves putting together these elaborate meals. Unfortunately, with her schedule working at a school all day and my schedule covering sports all night, we rarely have time to go to the grocery store together. Well, HelloFresh has made it possible for us to do all the grocery shopping for the week, right from the comfort of our living room. In fact, just last night when I was editing the latest KFS pod, she was putting together two plates of Presto Pesto Panko Chicken with roasted potatoes and green beans. We were able to do dinner and a movie without even leaving the comfort of our own home. And this is just one of several delicious HelloFresh meal options with cook and prep time taking less than an hour. When you've got busy conflicting schedules like ours, you don't have to go out for dinner and a movie. Instead, it comes right to you. Don't hesitate Head to HelloFresh.com slash Filmschool60 and use code Filmschool60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Filmschool60 and use code Filmschool60 for 60% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one
2: meal kit. All right, let's do a personal injury report presented by our very, very, very good friends at Weiss and Rosenblum. Um, If you think you might have a personal injury case, don't wait. Call now, 212-366-6100. Again, 212-366-6100. Absolutely free consultation. Uh, They will talk out your case. They will let you know if you have a case. They will let you know if you don't have a case. They'll be honest with you. They're good people. It's the only reason that we've partnered up with, again, my friends at Weiss and Rosenblum. I know Barry Weiss is happy today. Uh, You can also visit them at weissandrosenblum.com for more information. They do not get paid unless you do. Um, And uh, yeah, go with the veterans. Go with the veterans, not a rookie. Uh, Prior results don't guarantee future outcome. Barry, Barry, Mr. Weiss, I'm sorry, but we're back to an empty personal injury report because Jalen Brunson's back. He's back, baby. He's back. And that's that we are happy about because they need him. They need him if they're going to do anything down the stretch. And um, very, 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 very excited that he is uh, appearing to be good to go. So there you go. Uh, Moment of the game. Okay. Talk about the thing you do not want to be doing on the fly in a game like this. My goodness. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with one of the Mitch plays. I'm going to go with the Mitch block that led to. Mm, no, no, you know No, sorry. I'm going to take that back. I'm going to go with the Mitch. When Jokic drove on him, Mitch defended the three. Jokic drove. Mitch poked it from behind. It went the other way and it led to Emmanuel quickly three because I thought that three was huge. Um, the Nick giving the Knicks 85 points. That's going to be a moment of the game. Number one. Moment of the game number two is the heart-to-heart no-look pass um, to give the Knicks 94 points. And then, man, am I really not going to have a Josh Hart one in here? Because I want to do the the Brunson to Mitch alley-oop that essentially sealed the game. Mm. No, I'm going to do the heart pick six. I'll do the heart pick six to make it 96 something or other. Um, So those are our three moment of the game candidates. I uh, GMAC is off today. So he's, he's not going to be able to push back on my selections too bad for you, Andrew, but hopefully everybody's okay with those three moments of the game. Okay. I'm excited. Can you tell I'm excited? Can you tell I like this team, man? Oh, it's so good to be a Nick fan right now. All right, let's do this. APJP, what do you got for me, baby? Robert Cross starts us off. I have, I think I have a a, uh, a DM waiting from Robert that I hope he doesn't mind me reading because it's appropriate. The last DM I have from Robert, who just who just he slides into my DMs at all hours of the night. It's very it's very unsettling. The last DM from Robert: These Knicks are better than you believe prescient uh his comment here it's your boy john is it fair and reasonable to say that the knicks are a dark horse for the eastern conference finals if so the mecca will be rocking hashtag eastern conference finals it's funny because i've taken to coming on here and being like i fear the i'm gonna read andrew's text in a while because of course he's giving me shit come produce the show if you want to give me shit andrew um i keep saying i fear the bucks right well guess what the bucks did um, I forget if it was last night or the night before, but I, I was watching the fourth quarter, laid a complete egg against the Pacers at home nonetheless. Uh, I still fear the Bucks, and I still think the Bucs are gonna get the number one seed. Um, which worries me. Um, but again, like I'm I'm done, I'm done saying, are they a dark horse by definition of what a dark horse is? A dark horse is a team that you don't expect to do something, but they are they capable of it? Yeah, sure. They're capable of it. Um, Robert Cross, uh, if so, the Mecca will be rocking. Hashtag Eastern Conference Finals, dark horse. Here's Andrew's comment with some very angry faces. You have a Josh Hart candidate. You just said heart to heart. One of them is him. This is, why I need, this is why I need you here, Andrew. My other half. I love you, APJP. Don't worry about it. I'm, Andrew needs a, a day off. He gets rusty sometimes. Thank you as always, Robert. Appreciate you, man. I'm sticking with my five We're mo- my three moments. You're not getting me to change. Next up, Spider-Man, New York Knicks. After the whole Mitch social media thing, it was a great sign seeing how much effort he gave tonight. Um... <clears throat> Also, Jalen Brunson coming back reminds us how good he is. Yeah, I thought it was an important showing, but again, it's not something I'm surprised by because he's been consistent pretty much every game this year, you know, give or take a uh, give or take a a, a Yaka Pirtle performance, right? Um, But Mitch has been consistent this year. He's bought in. He got paid, you know, like that helps. And he's coming and he approaches it like a professional is supposed to approach his, his job. So yeah. Um, And yeah, Jalen Brunson, I didn't need him to come back to remind me how good he was. Uh, Okay. Just to close the loop on this, here's the candidate that Andrew would have had for um, (laughs) moment of the game. The Randall fadeaway that gave them the lead. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Should I, should I, should I give in to pressure? Fine. So the Julius fade away. They gave him the lead. I'll, I'll replace which heart one with that. Um, I I really don't want to replace the heart to heart because that was so cool. I guess I'm replacing the pick six then because I'm keeping the Mitch play in there. Mitch deserves a, a play of the game candidate. So replace it with, uh, if we, if we could still do this, I don't know how this mechanism works. I'm not behind the scenes. But if we if we could replace it with the uh the hard pick six with the Julius Fadeaway at the game the lead, we'll do that. Next up, Busy. What's going on, Busy? Gotta point out the most criticized Nick, Tom Thibodeau. A lot is said of his lack of in-game adjustments. After Murray was cooking us the entire first half, he had the Knicks trap him, which was a huge game changer. Kudos to him. It's raining. Cats and dogs, uh because busy just gave went out of his way, thank you for the generous comment, busy first of all, second of all, went out of his way to give, which he does sometimes, but not to this extent, busy this is like even over the top for when you've been given pro tibs stuff i you know I thought it was interesting that uh Mike Malone, who obviously coached with Tibbs, we should say as assistants back in the day with New York, I found his his words about Tibbs pregame, about how like Tibbs has this reputation as like this stodgy old defense guy who doesn't know how to coach offense. And I found those to be interesting kind of because I, I feel like this, like this generation of old coaches who are kind of looked at as maybe in a certain way, I do feel like they kind of stick together and they have each other's backs and they're like, look, We may be sending our ways. We may have things that we like to do, but like, you know, don't don't kick us to the side of the road just yet. We're we're good for some stuff. Uh, To your point, busy. Yes, I thought the adjustment was a good one. Obviously, Uh, did it did it give up some threes? Yeah, it gave up some threes. But the nice thing about the nice thing about when the Knicks get more aggressive, and I don't, I like that they adjust towards more aggression. I don't think you could adjust the other way around because if you start out aggressive, like you can't, I mean, maybe you can, but like it, it to me, it's antithetical to go back the other direction and, and be more conservative. So their base scheme, I think, I, I know the ranking isn't great this year, but like I, I, you know, their base scheme has done, has done pretty well for them. Um, so, but i what I like about them getting more aggressive is, yeah, it'll allow some open threes. But when they're locked in and when they're really like okay, and they're flying around and they're they, everybody knows their assignments and the whole thing, even the ones that are open, it and this is what this is what I attribute their the 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 poor shooting numbers on opponents open threes for the we here season and then even last year to a certain extent. Like, you almost feel like you have to make it. Like, oh my God, they actually missed the rotation after they've been flying around. It's my shot. Like, I got to make the shot. Like, I think it adds more pressure to you. I really do. I will always I will believe that because I, I think you, you see these teams that are just sound defensive teams and they, ha- they have a game plan. They know what they're doing. It was the Celtics several years ago. I, I reference this all the time when they first got um, under Brad Stevens. Opponents just so happened to miss all kinds of open threes against them it's because there's that added pressure. It's like, oh my God, they've screwed up. They've allowed us to have an open three to say nothing of the fact that it might be open right now, but who knows who's flying out of one corner or another between Josh Hart and Emmanuel Quickly and, you know, all these guys. So, yeah. Um, Great call by you. Uh, I think Tim's coached a nice game. For sure. Thanks, Busy. Ryan Wagen. First time, long time, John. Does Josh Hart deserve to be the highest-paid player on the Knicks after this off-season? If he ever leaves New York, I will uh, ugly cry. Also, hashtag JB is him. So Ryan is asking this question. I can't, here's the funny. Here's the here's the best compliment that I can give to Josh Hart. I'm not sure if Ryan's being facetious here. So right now, the highest-paid player on the Knicks is R.J. Barrett, makes twenty-six point. Seven five million dollars guaranteed annually, and I, I forget what if it goes up or down or whatever, but it 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 averages out to twenty six point seven five million dollars annually, like no Josh Hart should not get paid more than twenty six point seven five million dollars annually, but is there some team out there who might be willing to pay him twenty million dollars annually? I mean, I don't, that's a little bit rich, right? For a guy who's like a low usage, I mean, he's still a low usage guy. You're not going to like toss the ball to Josh Hart and be like, okay, go get us a bucket. That's not what he does. That's not his game. Inconsistent from deep. So it's like, you can't even really call him a three and D guy. Cause it's, and even, even aside from that, he's not like the best point of attack defender in the world. His, his defensive value is in other ways. So like for all these reasons, no he's he's not that level of player, but man, is he everything else <laughs> uh I think he's gonna I, I don't think he's gonna be the, most, the highest paid player, but he he's gonna get handsomely rewarded. I don't think he gets twenty annually i think he seventeen's still the number I kind of have in my mind sixteen seventeen um we'll see thanks, Ryan. Dan Hidalgo, do you think out rebounding will translate to the playoffs? Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't rebounding translate? Uh, rebounding is something you like. It's in your blood, or it's not. You can't. That's not a. I don't believe that's a switch you could flip. I don't. I don't believe it. So yeah, I do. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you busy with another one. Also enough RJ slander. It, it, so if you're, if you're, I don't know if you're, what you're referring to specifically. I great game today for RJ. He's going to be in the running for a star of the game. I don't know if he's going to get it. He's going to be in the running for a star of the game. <clears throat> I, I, I just need more consistency if if we get from him what we have gotten now the last six games, and I'll reference a uh, shout-out to DJ Zulo, who went dug out over the five games heading into this one, RJ Barrett, 60% at the rim, or 60% on, on uh, excuse me, field goals out of drives. And I would imagine that number went up, not down today. So if, that's, if this is the version of RJ that we're going to get, like he still has to hit a three he still has to hit an open three just cause that's, I don't know that that's a liability. They'll be able to get over um, in the playoffs, but you know, maybe to your point, Randall has fallen off from deep recently and I'm not getting on here and killing him. Now Randall does other things for the Knicks offensively to a level that I don't, I don't think even RJ, even these last six games, I don't think he gets to that level. Um, so I I just want him to come out of the three-point slump at this point. Give me what you be give me the last six games. Come out of the three-point slump. You're never going to hear me say boo about RJ Barrett. I promise you're busy. And hold me to that, please. Um, A.L. Oran Bausch. With tips showing he can beat any team. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the Knicks don't need another coach for a championship. I mean, I'm, I I obviously don't think that they do. I think they may wind up moving on from Tibbs um, at some point because that seems to be just the life cycle of these things. It's very rare that the coach that gets you to respectability is also the coach that you win a championship with. Um, I I mean, I, I, feel, I always feel funny coming on here and like praising Tom Thibodeau because it's like, everybody knows how I feel about Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau a good coach and there are, times when certain people feel who seems to know things seem to feel comfortable categorizing him as a great coach. Um, like, and also for all the shit that he's gotten about certain things over the years, young players on the bench, look around the league. You're going to find 10, 12, 15 teams with good young players sitting on the bench for like teams that aren't winning anything. And they're just, they're not getting minutes that you would think that they should get given the situation. Um, in game adjustments, preventing big comebacks. Greg Popovich, how's he? Is he a good coach? Is Greg Popovich, a good coach. I know he's a dog shit team, but he's a good coach. He's a good coach. That team had a 29 point lead last night against the Memphis Grizzlies, and they lost in overtime. 29 point lead, biggest lead given up. That's Greg Popovich. Again, his team's dog shit, but they were good enough to get a 29 point lead. Um, So, like, it's just the league. It's just the league right now. It can make any coach look bad. It could, you know, it can make a lot of coaches look good too. But yeah, I think he's a pretty good coach. Thanks, Al. <clears throat> Appreciate you. This is from Sam L. Josh Hart draws a loose ball foul on Murray, diving for a rebound. Four fifteen uh, left. Knicks down one. The plays that turn losses into wins and don't appear in the stats. Josh Hart's a big time plays that don't show up in the stat sheet guy. Big time, big time, big time. Completely agree. And that was a huge, I mean, again, he made half a dozen plays of that ilk. Some of them, most of them will show up in the stat sheet, but yeah, that's a great one. That's why he's going to be out there closing games in the playoffs. And it's why Tom Thibodeau is going to have tough decisions to make today quickly not really shooting it well, made his life a little bit easier. But, you know, tough decisions. Tough decisions ahead for Tom. Appreciate you, Sam. Thank you. Uh, Robert Cross, first time, long time, John. What did you think of R.J. Barrett's shot diet today? Thanks, I'll hang up and listen. Eastern Conference Finals, Dark Horse, hashtag. <clears throat> um, let me... I want to see something as I'm going to see if I could filibuster for 30 seconds, because it felt like, and this is not, this is not new for RJ, but it felt like RJ's shot diet. (laughs) Oh my God. So RJ took six shots outside of the restricted area today. He, according to this, the shot plot I'm looking at, Four of them were from deep. One was an end of quarter heave. So I'm not even going to count that. So five, let's call it five, three from three. And then two, one was just outside of the restricted area. And I know which one it was. It was the garbage shot he put up early against Jokic. And then one was just outside the lane. I actually don't remember that one. Every other make that he took was within three feet from the basket. So yes, I think his uh, field goal percentage on drives is going to be going up today. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. I, I, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've no zero complaints. Great job by him taking high percentage shots. I don't, I don't think I've complained about that though, you know, and like the, but what I, I think you're alluding to is when I have referred in the past to some of his buckets as empty calorie buckets, they were not empty calories today. That's for sure. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate you, man.